Buzz with Maya the Bee. All right, welcome back to the Buzz with Maya the Bee. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. As always, I'm so excited because I have family in the building, yeah. kind of virtually. East Coast, West Coast, a little uh, virtual connection. Mike Geronimo is here. I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah. What's up, mama? I'm just so, I'm so happy because it's been, first of all, a long time since we talked last. Yeah. How many years? I'm so sorry. My my sister's dog cord is like going off in the background right now. You know what? That's that's New York for you. So you guys are getting some New York. Yeah. Um, like no, but it's real. been what ten years, fifteen years since I spoke to you, something like that. I don't want to say fifteen. No, it's let's say be, yeah, it's been a while. I feel like it was like two thousand eleven or something. So when I was looking up some like in terms of inner I mean I don't know but anyway it's been a while mm-hmm. <laughs> but I miss but you I miss you I know I miss you too I miss conversations we we yeah we obviously have very funny conversations yes, we have a lot of <laughs> inside jokes yeah. that I'm like oh yeah. okay um but anyway so I uh, I'm excited that we're actually I was when I posted up um the your picture in my timeline from the roundtable show. I had so many people reach out, like, "Oh my god, this is gonna be so good!" Oh, and, man. Um, Shout out to the of, Sydney's of the roundtable fact. We did, yeah. We had you. I think we, yeah, we interviewed you a couple times. Couple times. You're always yeah. so fun to talk to, and just uh, a good conversation. Yeah. And you just know your shit, and it's always, you know enlightening to speak with you um so i forgot where i was going with that i don't know but you have me smiling (laughs) from ear to ear right now i feel so good about me thank you (laughs) that's what we're all about up here so um but yeah so i i just um you know i wanted to talk to you because you know i haven't spoken to you in so long Mm -hmm. and then also like what I'm doing now is more like I just want to have genuine conversations with genuine people about like real hip hop shit. That's like dope. there's a lot of like clown stuff going on yeah. that we see, you know, and yeah. this, this is kind of like missing to me. I know you I think you just did something with Nori, right? Yeah, I just came home from doing Drink Champ. So shout out to Nori and DJ EFN and Mr. Lee and that whole drink champs crew it, it is it was definitely uh an experience to say the least man you know so i'm i'm happy i did it um i believe it's gonna air soon like they are saying something like within the next two or three weeks so again i can't thank them enough like i, I think uh that was probably like the most sincere interview i've like ever done I like it. And Nori knows, like, he's been in this. He's yeah. he's from Queens. Yeah. He knows, you know, so I feel like, um, you know, he's, he, it's always, he's not just, like, a rapper. Right? He He's, like, a fan no, of music, he, too. He, yeah, he knows his, his thing, and he definitely, uh, you know what, you, you guys go watch it, but he definitely got me to open up, like, like, I've never opened up before, so. I like Shout it. Out I think, well, 
Yeah, I'll be on the lookout. We'll all be on the lookout. Oh, yeah, okay, so this is what... Because now talking about Queens, mm-hmm. so it was Bayside. Uh, Bayside, that's my know, school. <laughs> yep, Ron, <laughs> my boy Ron Adkins was like, oh, Mike. Yeah, 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 shout out to Ron, exactly. Yeah, yep. and Action Bronson went there too, right? I think he did, but I think he came in when I was leaving. Oh, okay. But I mean, it's right. still everyone's alma mater, so it's okay. Exactly. So you you guys had a lot of talent coming out of that out of Bayside, and then Queens period is a is a breeding ground yeah. for for hip hop. So just kind of catch everybody up out there because you're a like you're a hip hop royalty. So tell people about like you and um kind of like your journey. Um, it was it, it was just very odd because like I always tell people it's not really anything that like if you'd have asked me back then what I wanted to do with my life like Mike Geronimo would never have came up so it kind of it just happened I was like about 17 going on 18 and you know I started off as a DJ um I grew up with large professors so I would be with him all the time um, for those who don't know, Large Professor is like a main source, a group from hip hop. And uh, he produced the majority of Illmatic and did a bunch of things. But he was like literally the first person I ever knew coming outside. Like, um, so he's like a big brother. And being around him, I started DJing. And then the next thing I know, you know, I would just spit, but just to make people laugh. But then the people around me, they would always tell me like, yo, you could really, you know, if you really applied yourself, you'd be good at it. And so I listened and I just started writing and I had a friend that I went to Bayside with called uh, Chucky Madness and he was a big DJ in Queens and he knew this dude named Irv Gotti and he had told Irv Gotti to come to a talent show that he signed me up to perform in that I didn't even know I was performing in. I like I just thought I was going to Chuck's crib and he's like, Oh no, nah, you're going to perform and I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Um, so we did this talent show at this place on uh Liverpool in Jamaica. Which is like if you know Jamaica, Liverpool is not the street you wanna be on <laughs> at all for any reason. But I spit on stage and I guess I did okay because no one threw any bottles or any records or anything like that. And the auditorium got like mad <laughs> quiet when I finished. And then I just heard somebody like, yo, you got another song? I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then, <laughs> so, you know, so I did another song. I got off stage. Uh, Chuck introduced me to Irv. And Irv was just telling me he has a studio and, you know, yo, I like how you sound and, yo, I want to take you into the studio. And at first I kind of was like, I wasn't even into it. Like, I, I think because I was like drunk off of like St. Odds and I was like, I was lit. I was forget about it. So I just started spitting in his ear, freestyling, and the nigga just started smiling and laughing. And then right when we was getting ready to be like, yo, call me tomorrow, whatever, like a shootout erupted in the venue. So we got all separated. And then I think he called me a couple of days later. And then I want to say like maybe a couple of days or a couple of weeks after that, we went into the studio called Diner Dog. Shout out to Steve Kulo. 
and it really wasn't a studio. It was really Steve Kulu's apartment, and he had like a closet that he used to do voiceovers for commercials. But that's what we used. And like the first record I ever did in life, period, first time I ever recorded was Shit's Real. And um, and then it just took off from there. You know, like I did the record and I was like, okay, cool. And he was like, nah, we're going to press this shit up. And then Irv like started pressing up copies of It's Real. And we would go to every nightclub and we would sleep in front of Hot 97 and and we were just giving people the record, and I would tell them the same thing. I'd be like, if you like it, you know, just pump it. If you don't like it, you could break it over your knee. You'll never hear from me again. And thank God they liked it. And the next thing I know, I was, like, at the Source Awards. <laughs> so I was like, okay, not bad. That's working. For just doing something, you know, not not having too much of an expectation. And not to underplay that I didn't think that we didn't have something, but like I said, it just wasn't anything that I was like, okay, this is, you know, where I'm going and what I want to do. And, and yeah, from there, it was just a roller coaster ride after that, you know, and then I, I signed with, um, with TVT blunt recordings and they were a new hip hop label and I was like the first hip hop artist that they had on this brand new hip hop label. And, you know, that had its pros and its cons and, you know, and then from there it was just a matter of doing the album. I did the first album, the natural, um, and it did pretty good. Like it's first week and, you know, the rest was just mm -hmm. the history after that. And I just, was like, okay, I guess I'm in the Justice League and I have my superhero outfit and cool. <laughs> so that's where we are. That's what it was. I I love it. Um, with, So just because I love this story and because it just reminds me of the interviews that we've done mm -hmm. in the past so I can, I can listen to the story mm -hmm. all the time. Um, but like in regards to Irv, because he did a lot of production on The Natural. Well, he did... I mean, actually, the truth be told, if you really look at the natural, Herb did, I think he may have did three to four songs. So he did more songs than most of the producers in terms of did he do, he didn't really, I would say, do the majority of it, but he definitely had right. a healthy share of music that he did. Then was that like something that was kind of like forced on you or you were like, you get to pick the, like, was he A&Ring? He your, was, he your... was pretty much okay. like at that time, it was really just me and him. And okay. I knew nothing about the mechanics of the recording industry. Like, you know, okay. I didn't even know what bars were. Like he taught me how to count music. Like I didn't know tempo and I didn't know beats per minute and there's all these things I didn't know. And then there was stuff outside of that where it's like, okay, you have to make this sort of record and you have to go for this demographic. And well, you cater more to this. So we're going to do things that are this and you're going to do a anthem for Queens. And so he was A&R as well. And he definitely had a radar for what I needed to do and how it would cause the most effect. So some of the ideas he would give me, I would.
actually into. Like, I don't even think I wanted to do shit's real. But um, he was like, no, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, trust me on it. And nine times out of ten, he was right. There were those times <laughs> when he would give me a track and I would just be like, nah, bro, like, I don't feel that. You know, but I think that was more so just I came up on a certain school of production that I was used to. So I was more used to, like, things Large did or Pete Rock or Premiere or uh or q-tip and those were the people that i would listen to that just musically in terms of production they moved me and he was more yo we got to do what death row's doing you see how they doing it that's what we need to do and i like west coast hip-hop don't get me wrong but i just felt like yo i have to do you know what's true to me I, i can't force myself to be in the template of something else so it worked as well as it could have up to the point that it did. <laughs> so the right. point that it did. What? Say that. Are you? No, I'm you listening. Sorry. I'm listening. No, I was just curious, like, being also, like, what did Large Pro and all these greats that you were around kind of think of this partnership with Irv? Just because also at that time, he was kind of known as like, uh, like of a strong arm kind of nature. Yeah, I mean, there was friction <laughs> and, definitely, and okay. there was um, there was like an underlying friction. Like nobody would say it when everyone was in everyone's presence, but then I would notice like, if I was with this group of people, then they would have criticism about the opposite group, and if I was with that group, then they would have criticism about the group that was my origin so i was always sort of in this uncomfortable position you know but i still would say to myself i'm gonna figure out a way to work with everyone i love you know everyone i would want to work with so for the most part i got that accomplished um and we definitely bumped heads in terms of like vision like um like, sometimes I would come across a beat from a producer and, like, Irv may not at all hear what I hear or, like, see what I see. And then there were those times where I would tell him, like, yo, just trust me on this. I'm telling you the same way that you tell me to trust you. Um, Like, in right. particular, when I work with Buck Wild. Um, and Buck did, um, he did Master I See, that I'm so high and when we first heard it, like it didn't at all sound like anything that it sounds like finish, but it was just enough where I could hear it. And my cousin, my cousin infrared, um, he was signed to rough riders at the time, but he would always be with me. And we both would hear, like we'd hear that. I just call it that shit. You just hear that thing that makes you be like, yo, this is going to be a monster. And sometimes Irv didn't really see that. And then I would have to do the whole thing and be like, yo, I told you. And then he would be like, okay, cool. You know, so we went through plenty of those moments. And then we went through moments where he might present something to me and I'd be like, nah, I can't. Like, I tried and I just can't do it. You know, so it was a process. It was definitely a process. 
I like it because it, it sounds like you definitely respected, you know, him and did try to, but at the same time, you respected your own craft too. And you're like, yeah. okay, if this isn't, I'm not gonna, yeah. This and, to- and it's hard, like, I've like in getting older, one of the things I've tried to work on the most is I'm like, well, don't be so stubborn, you know what I mean? And right. I say that as to say, there may have been those times where he might have been trying to get me to see something greater than where we were, but I just, for some reason, didn't or couldn't find a comfort zone in that. And then I just always prided myself on, like, I would always say, yo, if you're going to do this, then you got to do what's in your heart. Because if you don't, then they're going to hear that you didn't believe in it. You know, so I'm just a big believer, like, and it's hard sometimes to go against you know, the cheers and the crowd and all of that, but you have to be true to yourself at the end of it all because you got to be able to stand by that after you do it, you know? So sometimes it was cool, sometimes it wasn't. Yeah, you. De- I mean, I think you obviously, I think you need a team for sure, like mm-hmm. a good team um, in the music industry, I think, especially Absolutely. because there is... Yeah. There's so many things that you don't, you know, people take advantage mm-hmm. of you and you just, you can't cover all the bases. No, so, no you can't. Um, and it, it, and just by nature, right. like, you know, it's a very cutthroat business. It is a very, it's kind of like a microcosm to me of, I can only imagine the things that happen on Wall Street or, you know, the things that happen right. with like multi-million dollar corporations, like. It's a microcosm of that, you know, and it's a very dog-eat-dog business, and you're only as good as your last hit. You know, some of these things are going to always remain true, so the, the to have a team around you that has your best interest at heart is first and foremost. It's, it's, you can't do anything without that. You just can't. Just because I, you're, like, such a cool dude, and I feel like people really have you've just made remained so consistent forever like you've never switched up you've always just been you know really solid (laughs) that's a good word thank you (laughs) (laughs) Um, and you know I see that from your peers too like you always have had um you know, respect from people, just like, you know, for Nori calling you up to do, you know, have a conversation with you, mm-hmm. you know, that obviously means he really respects you and your, what you contributed. And so those, like those types of, um, I guess, cosigns, you mm-hmm. know, go, go kind of a long way. Are there um, any like friendships or relationships that like you can share that you have that people probably would not think, um, um, I mean, I think like the, the fortunate part about meeting people and working with them, I can't say that there's anyone that I've worked with that I don't consider to be like family to me. Right. Down to the most obscure person on any of my projects. So, I mean, some people I haven't spoken to in years, but I think that our relationships are so solid that you can see me tomorrow and it's going to be the same thing it was when you last saw me. So, you know, people like 
like X is DMX is like always gonna be a big brother to me. Right. You know, and Definitely. we're always gonna I think have that dynamic where some of some a lot of us a lot of the things we are are polar opposites, but because they are, they're so great when they get together. Right. Um I think rule like when Ja to me is always gonna be like that's my man from Woodhall. Like no matter what happens, you know what I mean? Like me and Rule could go right back to eating Chinese food and smoking blunts and <laughs> and that's that, you know, and Jay, I think like he he I love him so much for the fact that he actually does care about did care and does care about me as an individual so he would always try to tell me things that didn't just count for music but in terms of you being a man these are things I want to pass to you you know and um OC this like that's like my brother you know um Buck Wild is like my brother Habs like my brother um I can't think of anyone that I've worked with that I can't sit there and say, like, yeah, that person's family. Like, they're right. good with me forever. You know, so I've, I'm very appreciative of that. And it inspires you to keep your friendships going. You know, like, even if you're not doing the same things, like, sometimes you just want to know that you're boys and you got each other's backs and, and you're you're rooting for each other no matter what, you know, and I have that with, as I said, everyone that I've worked with and I'm just appreciative of that, you know, like now more than ever. So. Yeah. And that is like a suit. That's just a dope kind of vintage to be a part of. Um, Just because I think also that was a magical time in hip hop, but um, I think, the industry itself is really hard. You know, it's a harsh place to be. Yeah. You know, very. It it could beat you up. It can spit you out. Like, oh yeah. You put your heart into it, and it'll break it into millions of pieces. pieces, Yeah. (laughs) Which is why I kind of I think that's another reason that I took, you know, the length of vacation. I guess if that's what you want to call it, you know, like. It's a very draining experience, you know, and mm-hmm. you got to constantly watch people and you got to constantly watch what's going on and you got to constantly ask who you can trust. And and then you find out, you know, how expendable or lack thereof you are. You know, right. it does that as well. And you can't... Um, I think the best thing I did definitely was stepping back and just being like, okay, let me see the amusement park from the window where you buy your ticket as opposed to being on the roller coaster. Right. <laughs> and that was like one of the best things I ever did. And it kind of rejuvenated me in a sense. Um, and it's really hard. It's very difficult to grow up while you're in the industry because the industry forces you to be a grown up. When you may not be a grown up, you know, you may not be at that point in your life yet. And so it's extremely difficult 
to have to grow as a person, but to do that simultaneously while you're pretty much giving your life to the world. Right. You know, so, but to walk in the park, (laughs) (laughs) to walk in the park, you know, I'm here. I I survived. Thank God. So exactly. So you're, you did something that most people were not, you know, are not able to do at the end of the day. This is a hard industry, a hard New York itself is it's such very a, hard. Like, yes. Right. You know, like that, yeah. that yeah. in itself is a battleground. So exactly. There's, just, <laughs> there's so, so much. I definitely have been to gladiator school more than a little bit. <laughs> I'll say that much. <laughs> Um, no, that's, I mean, I, I really just, I love that at the end of the day, you know, about you is that you, I think just your consistency, like I said, I think that's what sticks a lot with people is just how you are as a person. Um, I'm curious, like, so what's going on right now? Tell me, like, what are you do? I see new music stuff. What's going on? Yeah, well, now um, I'm actually working on, I don't know if it's going to be my last project in life, but um, I'm, I'll just say I'm working on a project now. Um, I made a promise to my dad, like it, it's going to sound like a Hallmark movie, but I promised my dad before he passed away that I would do another album. Oh. And so he passed away maybe six years ago going on six years so I kind of it had bothered me that I didn't own up to that promise you know right and then it just spontaneously happened like I was going through this whole thing where I was like okay do you love this shit the way that you know you loved it when you did when you first came in you know and um it's a lot like marriage. It's a lot like marriage. Like you have to find those things that made it the magic that it was. And then once I found those things and I had to do a lot of work on myself, as I said, because, you know, I think it happened so quick for me that I like never allowed myself to just grow up. I, I like, I just, was like just moving with things, you know? So if it was a high wave that day, I rode a high wave. If it was a low wave that day, I rode a low wave, but I never allowed myself to say, Hey, what's up? Like, I'm Mike, I'm your best friend. What's up, bro? This is what we do, you know? So I did that. And then once I did that and once I felt good and once I got to the point where I was like, yo, it's okay for you to like be what you are. You know, and it's okay for you to to go and try. And no one says that you have to sell 10 million units of anything. You just have to believe in what you're doing. Right. And it's weird. I just started recording and then it was so strange, Maya, like out of the blue, just people just started coming like right at the right time. And I had a couple of songs that I had done. And one of them I, like, kind of leaked out to somebody, and then it, like, ended up on Rock the Bells and Sirius. And oh, wow. It started, yeah. yeah, and I wasn't 
intending on it's always never intending with me for some strange reason. That's dope. I think that's yeah, how it's, it's like it. I swear to God, like I was just <laughs> like, okay, I'll give you this just so you can hear it. And the next thing I know, they're like, yo, LL's playing it. And I was like, okay, <laughs> again with the okay, here we go. And but it was different because this like was in the beginning of the pandemic and. I had like just suffered a leg injury, so I was bedridden for about three, four months. Um, oh, no. And in that time of me laying in bed, words just started popping in my head, and I just started recording. And then once I was well enough to like walk without crutches and all that shit, I just started recording. And now I'm working on the project, which is called Thirty Sixteen. Um. And I have a lot of the old gang back together, which has me excited because, you know, I have Buck Wild and I just spoke to Havoc yesterday and Pete Rock and Large Pro. and Oh, God, that's going to be crazy. Yeah, and and my cousin Infrared, (laughs) we finally did like, you know, it's like going to be the first song I release, you know, like the major release. and, And that's actually being picked up for like HBO for some pilot show that they're doing and um Dope. and so now it's like I'm like okay you know that I'm gonna give you what I told you I was gonna do you know so I feel really yeah. good I have Renegade Beats who's like one of like the, the the best producers I've heard in like the last eight to five years you know, so I have stuff that's current that I don't even think people would be like, yo, Mike could do that. Like, I'm having fun, you know? Right. And I didn't think I would have the level of fun that I'm having making the project that we're doing now. So I'm, like, super, 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 super stoked right now. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm like a kid in a candy store. I love it. <laughs> When is it? When is it coming out? Um. Well, the first single will probably it's called Devastation, produced by Renegade, featuring Infrared, and that'll probably be out in the next month or so. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And is it gonna have visuals? Oh yeah, we, yeah. We... Like okay. we already shot some of it in Miami, and we're gonna shoot okay. some of it up here in New York. Um, okay. But that should be completed in like the next two weeks. Um, nice. And I'm putting touches on a couple of songs that I had to finish before I went, you know, down to Miami. And then I ended up recording in Miami. And so now I'm like, it's a good feeling, you know, it's a good feeling. I can't wait um, to, well. to let you hear it and just, you know. Like my this Maya hearing it and be like, yo, Fios in the house. So. okay that was when fios first came out everybody verizon fios first came out and it was a very exciting thing very (laughs) very what because we had like uninterrupted internet service what and it was like you could stream netflix everything like do all kinds of things at once that's right and you were the first young lady who was like uh, I remember I was like, I got files and like files in the house, and I died laughing. I was like, she knows the joy of files. 
that's why I feel like. So now everyone out there knows if I ever hear my, my SA Fios in the house, I will automatically crack up to no end. <laughs> I'm like, I, I feel like I was smoking weed or something. <laughs> that type of excitement can only be fueled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was dope. But who knows? Anyway. Um, all right. So I'm super excited about that. Um, you know, I feel like this is a great year for hip hop. We just had Nas. We had the locks. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else is coming out? You're coming out. Yeah. Um, uh, what's his uh, Flush is right style. behind me. Capone is coming out. The nature's working on something. Um, there's a lot of people, Tech and Steel from Boot Camp Click, they're all working now. Like, it's almost like there's a renaissance occurring right now. That's what you should, that's what you just coined it right there. Yeah. It is, a, it is a renaissance that's happening right yeah. now because I think it's the pandemic, like- to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I think that it's just doing something to, to bring out the best in creative abilities in the worst of possible times. And I really think it's just because, man, people need theme music right now. You know, like... Mm -hmm. People want more content. So it's not just the same Meg the Stallion. Right, and I think right now is like... Like, I can't speak for everybody, but... Like, you know, I look at the 60s and I look at the revolution that took place during that period and music was such a galvanizing force along with people actually protesting and people actually, you know, uh, uh, making substantial efforts to bring about substantial change, but they had theme music to go with it, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and right now it's like, yeah, you could talk about Bugattis and, and and clothes and, and yeah. all that shit but <laughs> i mean like the average american right now needs a stimulus package exactly. <laughs> you know what i mean so i mean i don't know how bugatti works out with people who are dying right now because they don't have jobs and there's a pandemic but they need something yeah. you know like this whole exactly. movement with with racial injustice and systematic racism and the rise of the far right. You need mm-hmm. music to get you to keep your fight up, you know. So, this is right up my alley. This is a great yeah, time. This is right up my be... alley. I'm I'm excited, Mike. I think that, like like you just said, this is perfect timing mm-hmm. right now, and it's it's going to be exciting. So I can't yeah. wait. Um. All right, so something I wanted to do with you, this is going to be the first time I'm doing it, and I feel like I'm I'm going to do this with every artist that, and I'm going to keep it low-key, you know, like with all the, the greats, like you and like Eric Sermon, okay. and do like everybody that, you know, okay. that is a good conversation. You guys are like legit hip-hop, you know stuff, you're like, you have really strong kind of opinions mm-hmm. of things. Um so and then um, this, I think, would just be fun because um, as a true hip hop fan myself, like I was when you sent me over your top five best rap songs of all time and top five 
uh, best uh-huh. beats. And I know this could change like next it week. Because I, it, it, it would have. Like if I was <laughs> like if we had an L and I was just really like deep in thought, I would probably be like, There's no, no, I forgot this one. But go ahead, I'm listening. But no, but you legit pick some really good ones and ones that I. You know, this is why I like this kind of stuff because I'm like, oh shit, uh-huh. this beat, this is uh-huh. crazy. Um, so, and I think people like to know this, and it'll it rejuvenates records that we may have forgotten right. about. Um, and I think that's really one of the most beautiful things about music, and and is that you can go revisit any time, you know, any time period you want yeah. just by listening to to a yeah. record. So. Um, all right, so let's stop. Let's start with the top five, uh, your top five rap songs of all mm-hmm. time. Um, and um, I'm gonna just kind of let you curate this and you just tell me, like, after we play about 15 seconds, just like I said, I don't want to get taken down right. by the, the copyright right. police. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but if you just kind of like intro it and then say like a little bit about like what what this record kind of like means okay. to you and whatever way um so you gave me an order uh, yeah it doesn't have to be in order though okay all right so um i'm gonna just play the play it do you want to intro um i don't which record do you want to uh, start with or does it i don't know juices in my head like automatically all right, let's okay. get that one going. Okay. Let's get that going. Sip the juice. I got enough to go around. And the thought takes place uptown. I grew up on a sidewalk while on street talk. And then talk to whole New York. I go to Queens for Queens to get the food from Brooklyn. Pony in Manhattan and never been took it. Go uptown to the Bronx and boogie down. Get strong on the island, recoup and lay around. Time to build my juice back up. Pop stack up. Suckers get smacked up. Don't doubt the clout. They know what I'm about. I don't get sore. Knocking it down. Shaking them up. Waking them up. Breaking them up. Breaking them up. Juice. Know the ledge. Eric yes, and Because that record, you couldn't tell me that I wouldn't one day grow up and be like rock him because I was trying so damn hard <laughs> I remember the video I remember the snorkel jacket I remember the 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 Kango and he was just the coolest thing in the world I liked rock him before that but then I remembered the verse and the wordplay and I just remember to sip the juice because I got enough to go around and the thought takes place uptown. I grew up with the sidewalk while I'm on the street talking and talk to old world. I go to Queens for Queens, get the boom for boom. And he was just rapid fire. <laughs> but he was just the coolest shit ever. And I love it. I and... was just like, okay, if I did rap, I would want to be like that man. <laughs> so that one definitely. And then just the... It's just a very New York record. It's it's a right. very very New York record, you know. So I, I can't touch it with a candle. Nothing, nothing. <laughs> Did you ever get to? Meet yeah, Martin? and he was like, 
I, there's like maybe a handful of people that I've met where I was just so catatonic and starstruck when I met them. <laughs> and we performed, there used to be a club called Tramps in New York. And we did the last show at Tramps because they were closing Tramps after that. And I met them and I was like so starstruck and nervous. <laughs> and I never forget, he was like, you know, I see, you know, I see a lot of myself and y'all, you know, you know, but, but you, you, you know, you, I see the most of myself and like, I'm telling you that. Oh, and, and Maya, I like, oh, the what? Floor. like <laughs> if I could have shot through the, the roof and like, but then it was so scary because I'm like, he's like the end all be all to me. And for him to tell me that, like. I just didn't know how to absorb that. And I was just shocked. And then it was weird because I saw him maybe, I want to say about two years ago at the Barclays Center. And I hadn't seen him since then. So I saw him and we were taking a picture. And he's like, yo, you remember what I told you, right? And I was like, wow, what's up? What's up? What? what? And he's like, you know, you, you always reminded me you know, I always saw the most of myself in you. And I, again, was just like, okay, so he meant what he said. Like, he wasn't just saying that. And and then he remembered. And I, like, have the most love and respect and admiration for him. And and I know, like, if, I, if I'm like, you know, I need you for this or whatever, just to know that, you know, my idol as a kid just said that to me. Like, it, it was mind-blowing mind-blowing so so shout out to rockham i love you very much that is an amazing story oh my god um you know that record also made 50 want to be a rapper too it was a powerful record man like it was just like i said his delivery and his persona and and he just had this mysterious bad guy shit to him like he even says in the song he says so come say hi to the bad guy. Don't say goodbye. I don't plan to die. And I was just like, wow, did he just say that? And yeah, he did. <laughs> I, love it. I love it. All right. So fire first record. Let's go to the second mm-hmm. one from Pete Rock and CL Smooth. Is this Reminisce? This is Reminisce. Yeah. So. Um. All right, let's get into reminisce and well, let's play it okay. real quick. I reminisce for a spell, or shall I say think back? Yeah. 22 years ago to keep it on track. The birth of a child on the 8th of October. A toast, but my granddaddy came sober. Count all the fingers and the toes. Now I suppose you hope the little black boy grows. Why'd you pick Troy? I think production-wise, it is one of the most amazing records in hip-hop of all time. Like, it's a very... It's the... The, the ideal mix between joy and pain and being somber and being happy. And then mm. it's also reflective. And it was so easy to learn the words. 
you know, on run my own business like my aunt Joyce. Like, well, who couldn't remember that? Right. And then I just think that uh, Pete Rock's ad libs on Reminisce were smooth and they were just right on time. And I just think, um, I think that for someone to take that amount of personal loss and to be able to make that a song that is like timeless, I just think it's remarkable, you know, and reminisce makes you think about all the friends you lost or all the family you lost. But it also, at least to me, it, it makes you happy that you had that time with them and it makes you want to keep going for them. Right. You know, so it's it, it will never be done again. My my nine year old loves reminisce. You know? <laughs> so it's it's an amazing record. That is so true. Um, all right, we'll get into your next one, uh, which is a great choice. Um, I'll let you do it, but public service announcement. We'll play a little bit of it for you yeah. guys. Yeah. Here you this go. Yes, this is public service announcement by by Jay-Z. It's just a public service announcement sponsored by Just Blaze and the good folks at Rockefeller Records. Fellow Americans, it is with the utmost pride and sincerity that I present this recording as a living testament and (laughs) recollection of history in the making during our generation. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. H to the OV. I used to move snowflakes by the OZ. I guess even back then you can call me CEO of the ROC. Ho. Yeah, Just Blaze is amazing. Like anything he does, anything, anything. So, public service announcement is what? Like it speaks for itself. <laughs> It really does. I mean, that the just the first, few just the bars, intro, like yeah. just, just the, and I think if I'm not mistaken, somebody told me that that's actually just Blaze talking. Yeah, it is. Which is crazy because yeah. he sounds as though it. Like when I first heard the record, I thought like it was from a Farrakhan event, or, right. but it's just Blaze. Yeah, and exactly. he sounds. He sounds very authoritative and 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 present and mm-hmm. and then you just hear the allow me to reintroduce myself and then once you go into the beat like the beat itself is just Crazy. bananas yeah you know like you can be at any venue in the world and you could throw that record on and everyone's gonna want to lose it you know and then. <laughs> Once you listen to him and like, what do you say? I never claimed to have wings on my uh, Che Guerrero or something chains. And I was yeah. just like, there's no better rapper in the history of rap. You know, I, I just think that Jay really on that one, he showed everyone like, yo, you could do a lot, but don't ever think you're better than me. Right. Ever. Right. <laughs> and you got to love that. You got to yeah. love that, you know? Yeah, definitely. He and and just seem to have like a really good chemistry. Yeah, they're together. they're they're the they're one of the best combinations, artists, production ever in the history of hip hop. Yeah, totally. And I noticed, I noticed you picked quite a few Just Blaze records when we get into your your next <laughs> into the beats, which is great. Um, all right, the next record is 
um, the only person on this list that is not a New Yorker. Right. <laughs> so tell us why you picked. Um, so we'll play Uproar for you right now. Yeah. All right. What the fuck, though? Where the love go? Five, four, three, two, I let one go. Wow, get the fuck, though. I don't bluff, bro. Aiming at your head like a buffalo. You're a roughneck. I'm a cutthroat. You're a tough guy. That's enough jokes. Then the sun died. The night is young, though. The diamond still shines. You're in a rough hole. What the fuck, though? Where the love go? So, I uproar, here's what I will say. It was a, a like when you said five greatest, it it like popped in there. So yeah, there's gonna be records that people are gonna argue and say are way better than Uproar. But since I picked Uproar, first of all, my kids loved Uproar, like, and anything they love, I like automatically. Love. But that record jumped out at me, like that song jumped out the second I heard it, and the reason is because. It's not too many people that can take the feeling of one area but stick true to their roots and add their twist to it. And it almost sounds like you can't say it's a New York record. You can't say it's a down south record. And he's just amazing as a lyricist. Like, he's definitely top five all time. I could care less what anyone's talking about. (laughs) So and they took special delivery, right? And then and then it's special delivery, and I mean, automatically you're like, yo, like special delivery can't be outdone. Special delivery, but then he does uproar, and you're like, wait a minute though. (laughs) And then I did like the real test, like I played special delivery and I played uproar, and I was like, I hate to say it, but I kind (laughs) of like uproar a little more. Yeah, no, it's a dope record. And it, it's sure. just a feel-good record. Like, if you put Uproar on, you could have came in a shitty mood to whatever venue or club or or lounge. If you play Uproar, you're going to feel better. If you get your paycheck on Thursday or Friday and you play <laughs> Uproar, you're going to totally say, okay, I know what I'm about to do with this money that I should. <laughs> so it's a great record. It is. I like it. It is. I like it. Nice little diversity record. Yeah. Throw it in there. Yeah. Um, all right. So we're back to New York on your number five that you picked, mm-hmm. um, which is Biggie. And we'll play Dead Wrong for you guys real quick. Yes. And then Mike will tell us why yeah. he's dead wrong. Bad boy, baby. Yeah. Good yeah. I think Dead Wrong because it's just a record that if you spit, you're going to want to spit. Like, even if you're not even think like, you could be, like, putting clothes in the dryer. And if you hear Dead Wrong, you're going to be like, oh, shit, I got bars right here at the dryer. You know, like, 
it just makes you want to do that. And it's just such a kick-ass track. And then when right. you went and got Eminem and you listen to his verse, it's just you're like, man, I didn't even know it was possible for someone to say shit like that. Like, is that even <laughs> legal? And then, and then you're like, yeah. And you're like, yeah, okay. So you had Eminem and Big on the same thing. And it's just crazy. And even without them, like when you hear the beat drop, just a boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom, you're like, oh, God. You know what I mean? Like, it's, you just know nothing good can come of what's about to come. Right. You know, so it, it's a it's a mean tune. It's a mean tune. Mean tune. Did you, did you ever get an opportunity to meet Big? Yeah, me and Big were, were dumb cool. Like that really? was yeah, that was my man. That was my man. Oh, Shout out to Miss Wallace and and <clears throat> Junior Mafia and C's and Snake and all of them dudes that ran around with them. Like me and Big were very cool, very cool. Oh. You know, so it hurt like hell when he, you know, when he passed away. Yeah. Ugh. Um. Luckily, we got to experience him, though, so. Yeah, you know, and, and it's weird. Like, it's funny. My kids will ask me, like, like, Dad, what was Big like and what was Tupac like? And it's funny because, you know, like I said, they're nine and they're seven and they're, they're five, <laughs> but they know these people, you know. Right. Like, the other day, no bullshit, my five-year-old, it was like a tough parent question. Like, we're sitting there and. He must have just seen Big part of me on like TV or something. And he's like, Dad, so why did they kill your friend Big? And he's five. And I was just like, holy shit. Like, I'm shocked because he's asking me about Big. And I'm shocked because he's asking me about his demise. And like some questions you get as a parent, you just you're just like, oh, my God now you're going to ask me this like I don't have the parent answer ready so I just did not know how to answer it and I was like you know Morgie it's because sometimes there's just bad people with bad things on their mind in this world and he's like okay dad and he's like your friend was good he's really good though (laughs) and I was like yeah "Yeah, he's really good he is really good you know so it's cool it's cool but that's a mean record and it always will be. Yes, forever classic. And I miss him. Um, I miss. I miss it. I, I wish he would have. I wish he was still here. He would be pissed off at what's going on. I don't know. If I mean, yeah, like a little Rick bit. Ross would be out like legit. I mean, I don't know. It would be very different. You know that, like a lot of things, probably would be different if he were here. You know, so. Because I, I feel like a lot of people kind of took say, a lot of stuff from him, too, you know, so. Well, um, yeah. what, but what, which is good, though, because you're you influence people. Right. With and it, imitation, but, as know? they say, is the most sincere form of flattery. Right. You know, so and if you were going to take anything from anyone, I mean, who better to take it from? He's the master, <laughs> you know. Exactly. So, I, I mean, I'm sure to him. I'm sure he's cool with the influence that he's left behind. Yeah, so totally. Um, all right, I was I'm totally impressed by the five rap songs, just because again, like it's so crazy how if you probably, you know, talk to your 
friend or whatever, they have a whole different vibe. Mm-hmm. So it's always like I, I'm enlightened. I'm illuminated by your picks. So let's get into the beat section. Okay. Um, just because I'm so interested in, in terms of what beats you like since you're a rapper. Mm-hmm. Like what stands out to you? Um, so your top five beats. We'll just start with um, Nasty by Nas. Uh, we'll play that real quick, mm-hmm. the Salam Re- Remy record, and then Mike will tell us why yeah. he chose this. Okay. Word. Got some Remy Martin, some good-ass cigars. Check it out. Hey, yo, late night candlelight fiend with diesel in his needle. Queensbridge leader, no equal. I come from the will of Ezekiel to pop $1,000 bottles of Scott, smoke pot, and heal a people. Any rebuttal to what I utter, get box cut and counter many bad honeys. I slut, it's a high number. Name a nigga under the same sky that I'm under. Who gets money but may fly, yeah, I wonder. Yeah, I like Nasty because it just gets you going. It's another one of those tracks where, like, if you if you spit, you can't help but want to want to say something over it you know and it's fast and salam <laughs> salam's salam's drums have always been amazing to me like mm-hmm. even yeah. when he, he can even do like i've heard songs he's done for amy winehouse that it, it's not even rap it's just instruments and his percussion his his drums are just they're the shit Right. You know, so and that's just one of those beats where it's like, yo, as soon as you hear it, you like, yo, I didn't come to spit, but in light of you playing this, okay. Right. <laughs> and Nas has often been criticized for like his beat selection, but I feel like when he gets with <clears throat> Salam Remy, like No, I think they're know. comparable to, to when Jay works with Just Blaze. You know, like mm, exactly. I don't I, I get some of the the times why people would say well that be kind of but yeah those aren't the salam beats and if they are then you know that's just part of that energy that they have and and everything that they do may not be for every single person you know everything ain't for everybody everybody ain't for everything right yeah but they definitely you're you're right that was a good comparison just blaze jay-z they're very they're very comparable to that very comparable right I like it. Um, speaking of Jay Z and Just Blaze, the next song you picked was "Ignorant Shit." We'll play that for you guys real yeah. quick. Uh. Yes, sir. Just the sound of its voice is a hit. <laughs> Y'all niggas got me really confused out there. Make big pimpin' or give it to me. One of those. Y'all help me as the greatest writer of the 21st century. I make some thought-provoking shit, y'all question whether he's falling off. I'ma really confuse y'all on this one. Follow. When them tops come down, chicks' tops come down. Like when them shots come out, make cops come around. When them blocks come out, I can wake up a small town. Finish off the block, then I make my more rounds. Stairs get exchanged, then the fifth come out. The tough guy disappeared, and the bitch come out. I picked ignorant shit because I just think the way that they took the between the sheets sample from the Isleys and the way that it was structured, it, it's just, it gives it a brand new feeling. And then, right. like, he could not have said a verse like that without that beat. And, and like, I remember him saying, um, 
Stairs get exchanged, and the fifth come out. The tough guy disappears, and the bitch come out. That's him. I'm usually what they whisper out, either with Chicky with or his chips amount. Because I've been doing this since chips was out. Watching Eric Estrada bagging up in the Ramada. And that beat propels him to say that. Right. So it's just an amazing, like, to me, I could play that beat and just get lost, you know, and be like, right. damn, I wish I was on that. <laughs> <laughs> So it's a cool beat. That's so dope. I love it. I love that's just plays, right? Think about that. Yeah, that's just yeah, plays yeah, on the yeah. American game. Yeah, that that the, the the Kanye like part of it I kind of can do without, but you know <laughs> that's another story. Right. <laughs> All right. So this is you got a back to back just plays because you also picked pump it up. Um, the Joe. Oh, who doesn't rhyme to that? I know that's a dope ass record. Yeah. So. Okay, so we'll play it for you guys mm-hmm. real quick, and then Mike's gonna tell us why he picked Pump mm-hmm. It Up. Pump it up if you came to get it drunk with a dame and shit is drunk. You came to get it on. More than five holes in your bank to get it on. Roll up like that spank and get it on. Spank to fit it on. Came to get it on. Hold up, she won't work that, work that. Nope. Let me in, let me hurt that, murk that. I pick Pump It Up because it just, you can't help it. It like that record will make you get off your ass. If you dance, it's gonna make you dance. If you rap, it's gonna make you rap. If you are a wallflower, you're gonna be the best wallflower ever. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that record, just the energy of it. And again, with me, it's always percussion. So the right. minute I hear that boom, like when it first comes on, mm-hmm. and then you hear the snare, and you're just like. And then the way that just just chops it up where the horns are like diced and you just mm-hmm. hear them echoing. And then it just <laughs> drops and you're like, mm. like it's what every MC, like if, if there were like a Christmas list for things MC wanted, MCs wanted, that beat would be one of the first three things they asked for. Mm. Amazing yeah, beat. That- Definitely. Just Blaze is a monster for monster. sure. Um, this is another record that you picked that I was like, hmm, I'm going to have to reconsider because this is a, such a dope record. Another Nas song, uh, Thieves Theme on the Illmatic album. We're going to play mm-hmm. it for you guys. It's a Salam Remy record and we'll be right back. So Mike's going to tell you why he picked, picked Thieves Theme. Mm-hmm. Check one, two, one, two, who got more style than Sundu? Check one, two, yo, I'm hot like 95 Fahrenheit On a summer night, tight spot where bitches ride Rats drape from water drops in the streets Little kids get clips with red dots Philosophical gangster with violent priors Going back like black and white TVs with pliers I pick these theme because Just the way it sets off it sounds like a, a F-16 coming off of the deck of an aircraft carrier. <laughs> like, that's always the visual I get when I hear that record. Like, don't let me play it in my truck, because I'll just look at whoever's in the passenger side, and I'll be like, you got your seatbelt on? 
Because <laughs> we're, go- right, we're, going, for we're going for a ride. <laughs> and it's that kind of record. And it's dark. And and then it's a sample from Iron Butterfly. And it's, it's, got a, mm. it's got a Levita. But the way that they did it, you still have the integrity of the in- original sample, the Gata Levita. You still have that integrity. But it's like, it's like Gata Levita. Like, if the Hulk was got a Levita, like it, it's just the <laughs> aggravated, pissed off, dark. If you're in front of me, you have to go. It's just that that's mm. the kind of beat it is. And mm. it just makes you want to just be that pilot on that plane jumping off that deck. <laughs> I like that, that visual that you just painted with it because I, I definitely, um, feel that i you know they use that same sample for hip-hop as dead yeah too. but it, it kind of wasn't in the same way Different. and yeah. and what they did with thieves theme it's like like i know the minute that it was played like he was just like oh my god <laughs> is that mine like you know and i think artists have those <laughs> moments where they're like oh my god that can't possibly be mine are you giving me that and you're like, yeah it's yours and you're like oh <laughs> Wow. Well then, sir, we'll we'll order the ace of spades. You know what I mean? Yeah, Sparkles. like it, it's like everything. that. It's like that. So it's a, it's just a mean fucking record, man. It's like it's mm-hmm. it's it's like a hemi engine. Mm. I um so so far everything is fire. Um and then the last mm-hmm. record is, again, you have one non-New York person in each one of these categories. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're like, I'm an equal. No, I, I listen to everything. Show. You'd probably be shocked if you looked at, like, what I listen to the most. I don't even listen to, like, hip-hop the most out of anything. You have, like, a whole Oh, different... yeah, like, just coming out everything. to Jersey today, I was listening to Coldplay, YouTube. Uh, like the Black it. Angels, a little bit of um, who else? Pearl Jam. I'm a big Pearl Jam yes. fan. Um, Eddie, better, yeah, right? I love. I, I listened to um, uh, who else was I playing? Do you know your enemy? Do you know your enemy? I can't remember. <laughs> I was listening to that. I listened to Blink 182 on the way out here. Yeah. I like it. You, I think you, as an artist, I, I feel like, and as a fan, if you're like, a, I mean, I think you can be a fan in certain mm-hmm. lanes, but if you appreciate music, period, like, you're going to want to understand a yeah, little more about Yeah, yeah, and I'll listen to anything right? as long as I get something from it, so I can listen to, to Sarah Vaughn, I can listen to Otis Redding, I can listen to Van Halen. I'm a huge Led Zeppelin fan. Always been a Led Zeppelin fan. Um, but I listen to everything as long as I can relate to it. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of music is like, it's not necessarily about the it genre. Isn't. It's it about isn't. Essence, and, right? and that's all things that like, people don't get how much executives early in music kind of put up these walls so they're the ones who were saying 
<laughs> well, no, you guys can't do that record, but if Pat Boone does it, it'll be better, and then we can classify it as this. And music isn't that. Like, music isn't, it's not color, and it's not, it's not right. financial standing, and it's not, you know, it's not a, 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 while it may derive from different cultures, it's not meant to just stay suspended in that space. It's meant to go out and to touch other people, and it's meant to right. give them a taste of these things that they don't know about, you know, and... Right. So that's how I look at it. I look at it like nobody said, like, I'm just making this for this kid in in Pomona, California, and only for him. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work that way. Like, you can listen to Rage Against the Machine, too, if you want. Right. I don't know if that's like an American thing that we're <laughs> obsessed with classifying and categorizing. I kind of think it, it I know. think it may not. I, I don't think it. It's not 100% fair, I think, to categorize it as such, but it does have right. a lot to do with it. It does have a lot to do with it. And the the point that I would point out is, you know, when a lot of African-American artists were, you know, going through hard times out here, you know, like during, mm-hmm. during jazz, going through its period of, of, like, before its renaissance, a lot of them went to Europe. And they and they were greeted right. with open arms in Europe, and then they came back, and then because of that, that was actually the beginning of the building blocks of the Rolling Stones and and Led Zeppelin and Thin Lizzy and all these bands that would come to open up doors for everyone else, you know. So again, mm-hmm. music isn't restricted; it's not bound by anything. It's just that's what people put on it, you know. But you right. got people got to break out of that. Don't don't be afraid. Right, right, yep. Um, well, let's go back. Let's go to your mm-hmm. last song because um, this is a great one. Uh, it is produced by mm-hmm. Dr. Dre, and like I said, it's your it's your only out of right. New York it was, one. It was, it was lit. It's just this week. You know, next week it could be different, but you right. picked you right. picked the setup yes. by Obi Trice. So let's play it, and then Mike Geronimo is going to tell us why mm-hmm. he picked the setup as one of his favorite beats. Bitch, I see. Did you know I know you? Yeah, I know you. Last time I saw you, you was brewed up, booed up, ready for a new fuck. Last time you saw me, I was P.I. to the motherfucking M.P. What? And lately I heard you's a broke bitch living in a lower class suburb. And lately the word is I live in a suburb and I don't fuck with birds. Okay. I picked Set Up by Obi Trice and Dr. Dre because it's the drama of the beat. And the the beat compels you to tell a really sinister story, you know. And and even if you don't tell a story on it, if you just find yourself spitting to it, there's so many little dips and dives in the record, like spaces where you can use your own flow and play around, and it's just amazing. And I think in terms of production, like I don't think anyone in this world can touch Dr. Dre in terms of production. 
like yeah, no one sick. in this world like he's like the Einstein and the Steve Jobs and and the Nikola Tesla all together in one like you just can't you can't <laughs> touch him he's amazing no he definitely i mean Dre is a total genius right I, and my my runner up would be natural born killers cuz that beat is insane too yeah, that is crazy. So you have like a you've got a five B hanging there. <laughs> you've got a five. You've got a five A, right, five B, right. just like dangling right. below, like this thing. Um, yeah, no, but the, and it, I, it's also like I keep reminding myself about Jay Z writing a lot of Drake. Yeah, I he, think did he did the, the Chronic, Watcher. Right? Um, I think he did the Watcher part too. And yeah, a lot of Snoop he did. He yeah, did still Dre, still Dre. But so, if you listen, you yeah, can actually like I can listen to Dre and I can listen to him spit and I could be like, okay, M wrote that, or okay, Hove wrote that, or no. you can kind of tell. You know what I mean? Like you can kind of yeah. tell. Like Jay's cadence is ir- ir- You you can't mistake it. You, you can't. Right. It's very distinctive. So. You know, but but more power to him, and it all worked out. And it's dope. Like, collect, artists collaborate at the yeah. end of the day. I mean, yeah. and that's yeah. dope. And you get you know? so much more yeah. done working together as opposed to, you know, just figuratively staying in your own little box, you know? So, right. I'm, like, it's awesome to hear the end result of two people from do, two different coasts saying, none of that matters let's just work right yeah no totally dope mike oh my god it's been so good yeah. coming up with you yeah. and i love i mean i loved hearing your top five and your stories for both um it was just like i said i always the conversations with you are always so genuine and just you know like enlightening um so i'm i'm glad we had yeah, a chance to likewise. catch up I, i'm just talk. glad to hear your voice <laughs> i'm glad you're in one piece how's your family everyone's cool <laughs> everyone is good we're all uh thriving yeah. in this pandemic stay safe, Luckily, please. you know yeah you guys stay safe out there and you know it'll, it'll one day one day it won't be what it is when that day is i don't know you know, I don't think any of us do, but one day it'll be, right. it'll be okay. We just got to get there, you know? Yeah. And you know what? We're going to be better after I we hope. get through this whole I really thing. Do gonna, hope. Yeah. We're, I think this presidential election thing, like all this circus yeah. that's going on, like once, once it calms down, we should be in a good yeah. space. I, you, I, know? I, so, you know, I, I just we'll think see. that we're in this time and place where, you know, there's something that's, that's, it may seem like everything's crumbling, but it's like I told a friend of mine not too long ago, I said, go find me a woman that has given birth and it wasn't painful. And he's like, what does that mean? Right. And I was like, well, I think we're all giving birth to something new. And I think we're all giving birth right. to something that we need. But, you know, there's pain before we get to this thing being born. You know, so if you hang mm-hmm. on and you get through the pain and, and we get to see what it all brings us, hopefully it brings us to a better place, you know, so. Right. But go vote. Yeah. 
people. That's a good way to look at it. <laughs> I like it. You gotta look. You gotta you think of to. things positive, even to. though there's, you know, because there's two life. You have choices: be you know yeah. happy or yeah, be sad. Exactly. And, and I mean, if not for nothing, like this is all what we make it. You know, so even the things we're going right. through now, these are all like this is all the uh the 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 fruition of of what you make you know in terms of choices and right. hopefully this is teaching all of us as one that you know maybe we need to think more about our choices and maybe we need to make other choices and you know so exactly. let's see how we all come out let's see. yes i love it um so quickly just tell everybody um kind of where they can uh, get oh, Mike stop. Geronimo yeah. content. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you stuff. guys can, if you're looking for all things MG, like my brother says, <laughs> you can go to uh, <laughs> MikeGeronimoMusic.com. That's the website. Again, that's MikeGeronimoMusic.com. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at Real Mike Geronimo. And I'm on Instagram, Mike Geronimo. On Facebook, you can participate on the fan page. And between all those outlets, you should have a pretty good idea of what I'm up to. Dope. I love it. I'm excited. I can't wait for this project because um, just like what you mentioned, and I just feel like it sounds like the space you're in is, is a different kind of I space, am. too. Like, so. <laughs> you being my people, you would totally be happy with, like, <laughs> I mean, well, you'll see when all of this stuff clears up and, you know, there'll be that day right. where we're together and I can tell you, like, everything. You're going to be happy for you. Boy. Yes. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm excited. Um, And I can't. I was just saying, thinking, like, yeah. I can't wait to come to New York and have yeah. a little reunion yeah. and hang out. With we have guys. to get the other Cindy's and yeah. all of that stuff. Oh, yeah. They're waiting for this. Let me tell you. They they just can't wait. So we'll do a reunion soon when we get we get some COVID yeah. positive news and we can start moving around. But Mike, I really just appreciate your friendship and always being able to kind of reach out to you when I'm I'm just anytime, starting this anytime, back up right family, now. So you know that. I appreciate you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um and I can't, again, I'm going to be looking out. I've been watching you over the, like a weirdo. <laughs> you and I know it sounds no, weird. I, I, it's a, at least it's a very um, cool person keeping tabs on me. So thank you. Right, exactly. So I'm watching you guys and your family grow. And I shout out to Shelly and everybody. And let's, um, you know, we'll definitely be looking out for everything Mike Geronimo. And I will be seeing you soon yes. in New York. Dinner's um, on me. Uh, one thing clear on me. <laughs> All right, we'll do we'll do something amazing. Thank you so much again. And you guys make sure you tune into the buzz next week. Uh and love you all for tuning Stay in. Stay safe, guys. Peace. <laughs>